Our gospel reading today is difficult. All of, all of our word, words from the gospels and the, the New Testament, Old Testament, are, they're difficult. And one person who helps us see and not hide is the Blessed Mother. So please pray one Hail Mary with me, asking for her anointing upon this homily, upon yourselves, and upon this Mass as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So this past week, uh, we had some high school students on a mission trip called Love Begins Here. And then this week, this upcoming week, later today, we'll have some middle school students leaving to go to Green Bay. But the high school students this past week were in Wapaka, and Father Matt and myself went down there on Wednesday to see how things were going, see what they're up to. And you could tell they were having an encounter, you could tell they were praying, and how just doing Catholic things works. And also, sometimes just getting away from mom and dad, and getting away from our technology. And you could see they were starting to grow in their faith, but one thing... They did at the end of the night when Father Matt and I were with our youth minister and we were with the students, as they talked about the first few days, there was a lot of gossip happening. And I'd like to preach about gossip today and just kind of look at what gossip does because I would say gossip might be the complete opposite of what we heard in our second reading today. We hear about the golden rule, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but I've never met anybody, well, maybe you have, but I haven't, who would gossip nearly as much as they do about somebody if they were standing right there next to them. And they seem, we seem to, as a culture, we seem to do the second half of that sentence, which is we go on biting and devouring one another. And we actually consume one another with words of gossip. But our goal as Christians, we have to know we have to have an encounter with the person of Jesus. And particularly, we have to have an encounter with him either in the sacrament of confession or the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, which will be on this altar in a little bit here. But also, we have to spend time with Jesus Christ crucified. Because when you encounter Jesus, he starts biting at your conscience to make you be a better person, to say, remember what I did for you on the cross? That wasn't cheap labor, right? And sometimes churches wonder, not, not, not this one, of course, but some churches, you know, they, they kind of wonder why they're not growing. And I would say, could it possibly be because of those churches? Not this church, of course, but because everybody inside gossips about one another. You know, maybe they gossip, God forbid, about their priest because his, pre- his homily was a little bit too long and Mass went an hour and five minutes long instead of 45 minutes long like, like it used to be just so we could get in and out and not encounter Jim. Or maybe we, we got people, other communities gossip about their coaches or their teachers or their parents or this person and that person and the one thing I know is that I don't know if you like being around a gossip, but I can't stand it. And most likely for you and I, we don't want to gossip. Deep down, we don't want to, because sometimes we don't want to look inside and even ask myself or ask yourself, why do I gossip? Why do I look at what's wrong with this person instead of what's right with them? And the crucified Christ brings us to the realities to say, we got to change. You gotta stop gossiping if you're gonna walk the walk and talk the talk. Because if we put our hand to the go- hand to the plow, like we heard in our gospel today, the challenge is keeping your hand to the plow even when it bleeds in blisters. Even when it bleeds in blisters. And an analogy I'd like to give us of how gossip, how much damage gossip does to communities that are full of it. And 
you know, I'm sure we don't have any gossip here, but we have to really look at how much damage does it cost. I'm a visual person. I like to learn with images, and I'm going to give you an image uh, of a story about a priest. And this particular priest had someone come to him, and he said, Father, he's in confession. He said, Father, forgive me. It's been how long since my last confession? And I'm, I'm just sorry. I just gossip all the time. I talk about people behind their back. I don't talk to them to their face. I have no courage. I'm typically a coward. And the list goes on and on of all these different ways he gossiped. So the priest said, for your penance, what I want you to do is I want you to take a feather pillow. And I want you to take it to the top of the hill on town to the bell tower. And when you get to the top of the bell tower, I want you to cut that pillow open. And I just want you to let all those feathers go. And then... I want you to pick up every single feather that came out of that pillow. And by the time you feel that, bake, that ache in your back, you feel the, the complaining attitude, you feel the ache in your soul, in your heart, just that negativity, then you know just an ounce of how much damage that gossip does to a community. And I think it's a really good image for us to look at because we have to really say, no more gossiping. Because that is not loving our neighbor, truly. Because I, I, I don't think that the Lord is saying it's okay to keep gossiping. No one wants to be with a hypocritical person. And I point fingers at myself too. It's difficult. It's tough. But we have to die to self. And we always have to pray to be face to face with Jesus Christ crucified. Because I don't think if you were at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Mother, and John the beloved disciple, you would, you would be talking to Jesus saying, Did you hear what so-and-so did? Can you imagine? How could they ever? Do you know what this church teaches and that church teaches? Do you know what our president's doing? You know, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, what did Jesus do on the cross? He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He said, behold your mother. He gave us a mother to show us a new way. A new way because we hear in our, in our second reading that it says, for, for freedom, Christ set you free. And our culture says, what is freedom? Well, it's typically what we see with college students. They go to college and now I can do whatever I want to do, however I want, whenever I want, and the list goes on and on. But typically, they feel more empty and empty and empty because they realize that they're, they're, they're damaging themselves. And what freedom truly is, freedom is truly doing what you ought, not what you want. Because freedom has a cost. And freedom is more than just doing what I feel like doing. Freedom is doing what's right even if no one else wants to do it. So freedom is not just rooted in feelings, and our culture is just kind of consumed in our feelings. We're kind of consumed in my feelings and how, what I want and what I need, but we forget about that we're all one body. We're all humans here. And I'm going to give us another image of what the devil wants to do with your life and my life because we have to protect our, our emotions. Our culture is so rooted in making decisions based on our emotions rather than our intellect. Our culture is so focused on making decisions based on our feelings rather than our intellect. And the devil loves playing with your emotions. And that's when the devil touches our emotions, he's got us. We are cooked. So kind of how the devil works, since it's hot out and it's humid... Just think about a few months ago when we were all complaining about how cold it was and how much snow there was. And I remember when I was younger, I, one thing I loved about the snow, I don't really care for the snow now, but one thing I loved about the snow back then is I loved snowball fights. And when I, when I was younger, when I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old, I would just get a snowball and I would just throw it at the other person. I'd get a snowball and I would just throw it. 
But the ones that were wiser, and the, the devil is wise, they realized if they distracted me by throwing a high snowball, they could get me looking at it, and then they would have a really hard snowball, sometimes even packed with ice, right? And they would take that one, and they would just throw it straight into my teeth, or straight into my, my stomach, and then who would I go cry to? My mom. And mommy would always say, well, you should have been throwing snowballs in the first place. But that's all the devil wants to work with you and I. He wants you and I to be focused on these distractions. And typically, gossip is a great one. And just throw it up there and get distracted with all that nastiness. But what the devil really wants you to feel, besides like your sins, he wants, to, he wants you to feel that, that second effect, that second snowball, getting that one to the teeth or the heart or to the gut. And he wants you to feel like self-hatred. He wants you and I to feel self-doubt. He wants you and I to feel like we're not worth it anymore. We should quit. He wants us to be discouraged and frustrated. And the litany goes on and on. And that's when the devil starts getting at our emotions. And when the devil has our emotions, we are cooked. Unless if we start calling upon the name of Jesus. I had a priest talking to him because as a young priest, we get frustrated we gave up six, eight years of our lives, and we're kind of like, is this really the state of the church? Like, what the heck is going on with the world? But nonetheless, he said, once you're getting discouraged, or you can name whatever emotion you struggle with, once you get that way, you have to call upon the name of Jesus. And the words he taught me were, I thank you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, and I praise you, Jesus. And let the name of Jesus take dominion over those evil spirits that attack you. Because usually when you and I are angry, or frustrated, or overtired, or whatever the feeling is, we say things we don't mean. Amen? And the Lord is calling us to protect our emotions so we can love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to actually live the gospel. And God is smart, and he wants you to form your intellect because our emotions will say one plus one equals seven. But our head says, no, one plus one equals two. It's logic. There is a, a reason behind this madness in our world today. Now, the Lord doesn't want to see you just suffer, suffer, suffer. He wants to set you free. So you can guard your emotions. And he gives us a way in our gospel reading today. He gives us a model of how to follow him. It says in our gospel reading that Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. And the disciples try to stop him from going to Jerusalem. And they start, they start coming with all these excuses. The gospel is so stinking relevant to how our culture is today. Because a lot of us, we want to look the part, but we don't really want to be the part. We want to look the part. I go to church, but then the rest of the week... How is our faith doing? And the Lord says, set your face to Jerusalem like me. Well, no, I, 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 I got I to go bury my, I got to go bury someone. I got to go say goodbye to someone. I have to take care of this. I have to take care of that. And that, today it sounds like I have to get my life all figured out before I follow you, Jesus. Newsflash, all of us are screwed up. All of us have a mess of our lives. And the Lord says, that's what I came to do. And by Jesus setting his eyes toward Jerusalem, he's focused so he doesn't take his eyes off on those distractions. And if you're a farmer and you know how plowing works, or in, with farmers, when they use a plow, they use a plow and they find a tree to make a straight line. And it's beautiful to see corn, to see soybeans, to see potatoes planted in straight lines because there's right order there. And that's what the Lord is inviting you and I to, that type of freedom, having order in your life. So you don't want to gossip because you know how much pain that would cost by using that analogy of seeing all those feathers just scattered everywhere. 
And, you don't, and you, you'll see it happening as soon as you take your eyes off of the cross, which is the new tree of our plows, of our lives. When you take your eyes off of that, you get distracted with those little snowballs, and you start making crooked lines. And you start having, dealing with self-hatred. And you start dealing with gossip, and you just don't like the person you're becoming, and you want to quit, and you get discouraged and frustrated. So we have to ask ourselves a few questions today as we enter into this Mass. What are your plans this week to keep your hand to the plow, even when it bleeds and blisters? What is the cost of following Jesus as a Catholic for you and your family? Is it costing you meal prayers? Are you praying? Are you opening your hearts to vocations, to the priesthood, religious life? Are you sacrificing? And what is the cost of defending the truth? which keeps us rooted in reality, despite of how our emotions might feel, because most of us, we make decisions based off of emotions, not logic. Because in our first reading, we hear about Elisha. He gave up everything, and you don't think that hurts? And our Lord is calling all of us to give him everything. It costs St. Paul everything. It costs St. Peter everything, the Blessed Mother everything. And that's the same thing for you and I. So Jesus is actually challenging you and I to stay focused on him crucified. Every second of every day, we should be praying, Lord, help me keep my eyes on you crucified. So I don't gossip. I don't do this sin or that sin. And we all have to make a decision today to invite him into our lives crucified. Because our, war, our world wants no suffering, Jesus, but it, when you realize what his suffering cost him, it moves you to conversion. And our world, our world needs conversions. Our world needs people all in with their hands to the plow, even when it blisters. So Jesus is asking you and I to make a decision to never forget how much pain and agony gossip causes a community. With the image of a feather being ripped out from a pillow from a bell tower. And why should we make a permanent decision? Not just a decision today, but a permanent decision. Because the evil one has affected a lot of us at the, at the area of our emotions. And Jesus is done with you and I suffering, done with that. He's asking us to live in reality, which is him crucified for you and I, because he loves you that much. So we have to ask ourselves, are you free or are you a slave? When you walk out of here, are you more free to spread the gospel like Jesus commanded the one person in our gospel room today? Or are you going to leave here and call down fire and hell upon, upon people with gossip? Are you blind or can you see? Jesus' invitation is to freedom, but not freedom of the world, but true freedom. But his freedom for you and I cost him excruciating pain. It cost him bruises. It cost him his blood. It cost him death. To set you and I free. So Jesus is inviting you and I to keep our eyes to the cross. To keep our faces always in line with the mission of Jesus. To help other people be set free. And why? Why is this so important right now? Because that's the ultimate question. It's because everything the Catholic Church stands for. Everything the Catholic Church stands for is under attack. You can look at California, 
They want priests to break the seal of confession in the courtroom. Look at our world at how crazy we are with abortion, thinking that's true freedom, or thinking euthanasia is okay, killing elderly people. Marriage between one man and one woman, so we can have babies. A male-only priesthood, celibate priest willing to lay it down because Jesus was celibate. And he sacrificed that to get you all to heaven, so priests do the same. You can go on Facebook, and if you got a new account today, they'd ask you, what are you? And they would say, you have 52 options to choose your gender. I'm with Jesus. I'm with God. There's only two genders. There's male and female. Guard our emotions against these temptations of the evil one. Our culture is wondering, where are all the children at mass? And unfortunately, with the amount of abortions and people practicing contraception and birth control, we're blocking out life. And we have to defend the truth. So not only is the church at war, all of us are. So what is the solution to keeping our minds sound and our emotions protected from the evil one? We must call upon the name of Jesus And remember him crucified. So when the devil throws those high-flying snowballs at you and I to tempt us to gossip, we can remember always the pain and toil of those feathers being spread around and never wanting to go through that pain again. So we can practice what that priest taught me, or or we can preach it, or we can practice it. So the words I want to encourage us to learn, to guard our emotions, are the words, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And I praise you, Jesus, so that we can spread the good news, not just when it's easy, but when it's difficult. So let us practice those words right now. The words are, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And I praise you, Jesus. As we pray, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus.